Welcome to the Serpent Soul Podcast, where we explore our identity before God and our relationship with God. I'm your host, Kenneth Grady, and I pray that we will be fed by the Word of God, led by the Spirit of God, and living with passion for the will of God. And in so doing, may we raise each other up as we lay ourselves down before the Lord. This is the Servant Soul Podcast. So this week, I want to take some time and discuss something that's weighing on my heart. And that is the struggle that I have with doubt. Now, I'm not entirely sure the best way to approach this topic. And I think that most Christians really don't know how to approach it either. So we usually kind of pretend that it isn't there. And I don't want to do that because it would be dishonest for one. But I also don't want to downplay it as if it's some type of minor issue like a common cold that we should just ignore until it passes. Because in my experience, doubt is more of this insidious chronic sickness that plagues the life of faith and one that must be constantly monitored and properly treated lest it should spread. And so in a way, I'm relieved in my soul to be able to just open up about this and talk freely about it because I don't want to carry the burden of a false pretense. But I also want to be mindful of the line that should be drawn between experiencing doubt and embracing doubt. Because we all have questions. But I don't want to transition from acknowledging and working through these doubts into somehow adding to the validation of doubts that we have. And so this will be a rather candid look at the issue of doubt and some of the ways that God has led me through my frequently cynical worldview. So there are many faces of doubt. And in trying to wrap my head around this issue in a healthy way, I tried to think of what the foundation of doubt really is in my life. And for doubt to exist, there has to be something that I'm trying to believe, right? So what are some of these things that I'm trying to believe that are meaningful to me? Well, I made a list of three things, first being that I believe that God exists, then I believe what the Bible says about God, and I believe what the Bible says about me. Now, I've listed these in order of what I find to be easiest to hardest, but maybe it's different for someone else, and that's okay. But at least for me, the idea that there is a God is a relatively easy construct to accept, and it's also the easiest place to land you know, if we let our doubts grow instead of treating them with truth. I would say that most believers have landed in this pit at some point, and I certainly have. You know, the kind of, sure, there's probably a God, and maybe, most likely, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> it's not a great place to be. It doesn't mean that you're hopeless, but it means that you need some different food in your diet before you spiritually starve. And then the next doubt is a little more of a wrestling point for me. Believing what the Bible says about God gets a lot more specific, doesn't it? Because the Bible is black and white, and there's a lot less opportunity to be so noncommittal when we honestly look at it. Some parts of Scripture are like, yeah, okay, you know what Jesus said makes sense, and what he says works in my life. But then some parts are like, wow, that's really hard to process, and I'm not sure that I'm ready for that. But I think the, the third and final part is what really gets to me when it comes to doubt, and that is when I try to believe what the Bible says about me. There, there is something that really shakes me at times, and I find it pretty easy to believe that there is a God, 
And most of the Bible was like, yeah, that makes sense to me. But when it comes to applying the Bible to our own lives, we begin to mix in our inconsistencies with the truth of God and his word. Because it's easy to believe that God can change people. Not as easy to believe that he can change me. It's easy to believe that God forgives sinners completely. Not as easy to believe that I'm completely forgiven. And it's easy to believe that God has a glorious plan for the future. Not as easy to believe that I'm going to be a part of those plans. And that's really the seed of doubt, I think, at least in my experience. And as I've thought about this, I've begun to realize that the doubt struggle isn't actually as all-encompassing as it first seems to be, at least for me. And hopefully this will be helpful to some of you. And if not, I guess I just needed to talk about this. But I think that most of us have more faith in God than we give ourselves credit for more faith in the authority of Scripture than we realize, but when we see the application of that faith within ourselves, we run into the root of the problem. We don't always get the results that we expected in our lives, and so we begin to let the whole formula erode from the top down. You know, it's like, well, God said I would be made new and all the old would pass away, but I'm not seeing any growth, and I feel stuck, and if I can't change, then maybe God can't change me, and that would mean that His word isn't true, and if his word isn't true, then maybe I don't really know anything about God. But there's probably a God, I think. I don't know. (laughs) And so, as we go through that whole process, it it really starts, like I said, at least for me, at that point of the application in my own life. And here's what occurred to me today. Isn't it odd that we take faith in a perfect God who has given us his perfect word, which tells us he's working with imperfect people, and then expect to apply it and get perfect results. Now, that's a little oversimplified. I get that, but stick with me. Because you know, just acknowledging that we mess up sometimes does nothing to heal the pain of absolute failure that we experience at times in our lives, sometimes over and over again. So please don't feel dismissed with the thought that you know God knows you're imperfect, so just deal with it. It's all good. But hear this. I I just think that there is something powerful in being able to acknowledge that God is perfect and I am not. And there is a very real barrier between my failures and the perfection of God and his word. And I can really begin to shore up the foundation of my faith in God when I can recognize that my distorted experience of God hasn't changed anything about God. My lens is just twisted. 1 Corinthians 13.12 says, For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as I also am known. So really what I'm saying is that the only problem in the equation with me and God is me. (laughs) And we already knew that. So that should be a relatively easy revelation to experience. Now, I've done a lot of talking without getting into much scripture, so I want to turn now and take a look at what God says about our part of the equation. In Matthew 13, 18 through 23, it says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When any one heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. So is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it, yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For in tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. 
He also that received the seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that received the seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. So the seed is good and tries to grow no matter what type of soil it lands on. But how that seed develops depends entirely on the ground that receives it. There's a quick sidebar here. I think we err in trying to figure out which type of soil we are. Either we blunder by patting ourselves on the back by saying, I'm the good stuff, or we assume, I'm the bad ground and I've already missed my chance and now it's gone. And I think we are capable of all those responses to the seed of God, and we must continuously strive to cultivate healthy soil that is receptive to truth and guarded from the threats that Jesus describes in the parable of the sower. But anyway, we see that God is willing to liberally give that seed of faith to anyone who will receive it, no matter how good or bad the chances of growth may look. And I'm guessing that if you're still listening, that you probably have that seed of faith somewhere in your heart, or you would have lost interest way before now. So why does it get so hard at times to keep doubt at bay when we have that seed of faith in our hearts? I think it's because when we don't see growth, we think there's something wrong with the seed. Sometimes we want so bad to be blooming and flourishing, but it feels like all we have is this stupid little seed. and. When we see that we aren't producing the fruit we believe is expected, we feel inclined to just throw out the seed and the soil and the whole darn flower pot because it isn't working. But hold on to the seed. To be honest, you know, there are many times I have to tell God that I just don't know about all of this. I just get to doubting and questioning and I go to my little faith garden and start thinking about digging it all up because I've got a lot of hunger and not a lot of fruit. But there's a reason that God gives us a seed instead of a basket of produce. God's seed is good, and he doesn't have any need to change anything about the seed. But rather, he's revealing all of the infertile ground in our lives so that we can see it. Don't throw the seed away if it isn't growing. The seed hasn't changed. Check the soil. Don't give up if you used to have fruit in your life, and now all you have is the seed. The seed is enough. Hold on to that little seed of faith with all that you've got. Till up the ground. Fertilize the soil. Guard it. Water it. Pull the weeds and know that everything that God has for you is still there for you in the seed, waiting to grow when you're ready for it. Mark 4, 30-32 says, And he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what comparison shall we compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when it is sown in the earth, is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs, and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. Amen. Thanks for listening. And until next time, may we grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen.